Today's guest says joining the Democrat Party is making a deal with the devil. He'll tell you why coming up in the special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We're the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and the Deep State and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 375 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious to me the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I'll never pretend a man can can become a woman, and I'll never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is the day that shall live in infamy. So this really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. And make sure you check out our new conservative sports podcast, Red Pill Sports with my friend Donnie Copeland, which drops Tuesday evenings at 11 p.m. Central. Our guest today is Vince Everett Ellison. Vince was born on a cotton plantation in Haywood County, Tennessee. His parents were sharecroppers, but through hard work and a belief in Jesus Christ, they pulled him and his seven siblings out of poverty. Vince sang and played multiple instruments as a child and young adult in his family's gospel music group. He worked for five years as a correctional officer in Columbia, South Carolina, In the year 2000, Vince was the Republican Party nominee for the South Carolina 6th Congressional District. He has written great books like 25 Lies, Exposing Democrats' Most Dangerous, Seductive, Damnable, Destructive Lies and How to Refute Them, and The Iron Triangle Inside the Liberal Democrat Plan to Use Race to Divide Christians and America in Their Quest for Power and How We Can Defeat Them. He has a new documentary out entitled, Will You Go to Hell for Me? It is an honor to welcome today's guest, Vince Ellison, to the Doc Washburn Show. Brother Ellison, how are you today? Mr. Washburn, it is my honor to be with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Your new documentary is really powerful. Could you please tell my listeners what to expect when they go to willyougotohellforme.com and get this new documentary? Yeah, Doc, it asks, uh, just, just ask us a basic question. Um, I consider the Democrat Party an evil institution, and it always has been. Uh, from 1800 to 1860, the party of slavery. From 1860 to 1865, the party of uh, the Confederacy and succession. And from 1865 to 1970, the party of Jim Crow. And now it's the party of atheism, Marxism, who wants to uh, castrate little boys and call them little girls cut off the breast of little girls and call them little boys, nine-month abortion, uh, having these drag, drag, drag queens, these men going to school, shaking their behinds in children's faces, sexually grooming children, just just insanity. And this, this party cannot uh, sustain itself without the Christian vote. And there are Christians voting for this party. And according to our Christian beliefs, you can't be complicit in murder, knowingly complicit in murder, unrepentant of it, uh, abuse children and be unrepentant of it and think that you're going to go to heaven. So 
So to vote for the Democratic Party knowingly and consistently, knowing that they're going to commit these atrocities and commit murder, the Democratic Party is asking you to go to hell for them. And that's the title of the movie, Will You Go to Hell for Me? And I'm, I am warning Christians that the Democratic Party set a trap for you. Now, atheists I don't care about because they go to hell anyway. But for Christians who believe in heaven and hell, and you want to make sure that you do and make sure that you go to heaven as our religion says that you will if you repent and give the life of the Christ, yeah. you can't vote to kill children and murder babies and castrate little boys and give a dumb mistake little girls and sexualize children and think that you're going to go up and be in the presence of Jesus Christ. It's not going to happen. So right now, voting for voting for the Democratic Party, yeah, if you're a Christian, you go to hell for it. Not and that's what this documentary talks about. It proves it. It tells how we got to this point, and it tells you how you can get out of it. Amen. Now, let me ask you this. Most black folks I've talked to think abortion is awful. Uh, they would think, you know, double mastectomies on 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 teenage girls, uh, castrating little boys is awful. But there seems to be a disconnect in how a lot of them vote. We see, you know, every four years, whoever is running for uh, uh, the Democrat nomination for president always campaigning in big black churches. Why do you think there's this disconnect? Uh, I I cover this in in my uh, book. In my in, in my in in my in my documentary, yeah. My, my first book was called the the, the Iron Triangle, yeah. And uh, in it, I talk about my journey, uh, how I left, uh, became a conservative when I, when I left the Dayton Democrat Party. I was working as a correctional officer in South Carolina. As you from my life stories, you saw we my, my father worked hard, and we we overcame. We became part of the middle class in America. But when I, I started working in that prison, I saw that there was. Like just tons of black men being locked up, but this was doing the Clinton uh, Biden crime bill. Yeah, and I asked the black intelligentsia, man, why do you young men being locked up like this? And of course, the, the old rank and file answer was the evil rich white Republicans, you know, hate black people. And I'm and I was being naive, and I said, well, really? So I resigned my my my, my post and started a nonprofit, and went down into the black community to try to help keep these young men out of jail, and I saw something very interesting. I didn't see any evil rich white Republicans anywhere. As a matter of fact, you'd see a unicorn before you saw one down there in the black community. <laughs> but you would see a lot of other, these three entities make a lot of money off of chaos. And I called them the Iron Triangle. Most black preachers, most black politicians, and most black civil rights organizers. And all these guys got their power during the civil rights movement back in the uh, late 1950s and 1960s. Yes. And Martin Luther King Jr., this is, when, this is where the, contra- the, the um, documentary gets very, very controversial. See, throughout my life, Martin Luther King Jr. was an icon in my house. Yeah. We had a picture of Martin Luther King Jr. hanging up inside our living room. But as I kept peeling back the onion and started finding the things he had done, the type of person that he was, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't reconcile the things. You know, the FBI files saying, that he had 45 girlfriends, and then his friend, Ralph Abernathy, talked about how he slept with two women the night after he gave the mountaintop speech in Memphis and then beat up Dorothy Cotton at the Rainbow Motel because she complained about it. Um, the the uh, 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 fact that they said he's a drunk and that there were orgies, and I, I didn't just read the FBI reports. I then looked through things that his best friend said about him, corroborating evidence to say that, yeah, all this stuff was true. And then after, I, and then my coup de grace was when I looked at the condition of the black community, 
And I saw that the black family had been destroyed. Uh, you know, Dr. King had been excommunicated from the black church for his, his activities. Yeah, he was excommunicated in 1961. He started his own religion called the Progressive National Baptist Convention. Wow. True story. Wow. Um, he, was, he, he was the first recipient of the Margaret Sanger Award for helping Planned Parenthood put up a abortion clinic in the black community. Yeah, King was. Wow. See, and I looked at the condition of the black community. And I saw that the family was destroyed. The educational system was destroyed. The, the five times more black men in prison. You go on down the line, and what did Jesus say when they asked, when his disciples asked him, how do we know a false prophet? He said, you're known by the fruity bears. You will not get good fruit from a bad tree or bad fruit from a rotten tree. Each fruit and tree will be after his own. And when I said, look at Martin Luther King Union and look at the fruit of the black community, if the fruit is bad, the tree had to be bad. And so Martin Luther King Jr. brought the, 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 the Marxist and the leftist into the black church. He made the black preacher a conduit between rich white liberals in the Democrat Party. They took over the black uh, 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 church and made it an apostate church in most instances, not all instances. But they, they, and, 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 and they already had done it uh, in, the civil rights, uh, in the civil rights movement when they took over the NAACP, CORE, all of them. This was basically just a Marxist movement. And so they had the organizations already. The organizations took over the black church. And then the black church birthed the black politicians. And all of these guys are nothing but, 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 but socialists and Marxists, communists in their hearts. The condition of the black community proves it. And the very fact that Taylor Branch wrote in his book, Parting the Waters, American the King Years. He said in 1954, the communists had given, the communists in the Soviet Union had given their communists in, America, in, in the United States of America a job. They said, your job is to turn the black community into a direct replica of the Soviet Union. Look at the black community now. It, isn't it a direct replica of the Soviet Union before the wall fell down? Extreme poverty, uh, substance abuse, complete one-party rule, apostate religion, dictator worship, Rampant crime, hopelessness. So in this oasis called America, you have the black community set aside as this as as this slum of Marxism and communism. We were almost like we're, we're like Eastern Europe when you compare it to Western Europe. We're like North Korea when you compare it to South Korea. You see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. That's us. Yes, sir. And the black community and these black preachers and black politicians and black civil rights organizations keep their power. The same way as, as Kim Jong-un and his family keeps their power, by keeping the, his foot on the, on the necks of his people. The same way the, the East Germans kept their power. They do not care about their people. They care about maintaining their power. And, and as long as they're getting 90% of the black vote, they're not going to change the thing. And Why when, change it? They when, win. When, when I was young, when I was college age, um, I used to hear about what they call walking around money, that the Democrat... Yeah party would contribute to influential uh, black ministers financially to yeah. help keep the vote on the Democrat side of the ledger. Uh, obviously, this would be right. something you, you, you've heard about also. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I covered in the documentary, very, very well. I also covered in my book, 25 Lives. Um, uh, I, I was hearing what you were saying before you came on about uh, Biden not winning the, the, the election, and I concur. Why? Because I know how they steal elections in the black community. They've always done it. They have this thing called Soul Souls to the Polls, where George George Soros and um, uh, his his side organizations they fund Souls to the Polls. 
what Soul to the Polls is, it's, um, it's, it's, it's an organization where the, the Sunday before the, the, the Tuesday election, they, they bring buses to the churches, and all the black people go on the buses, and they take them to the polls to vote early on, 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 on that Sunday. And the preacher's job is to make sure that all his congregation votes for the Democrat candidate, and the preacher gets money per head. You have street money, which is, which, which is legal. I remember when I was in South Carolina, I talked to Attorney General Charlie Condon about the street money. He said he couldn't stop it because everybody was a contractor for the Democrat Party, and Democrat Party can have contractors. But it was street money. Uh, you, had, you had ballot harvesting. Um, uh, 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 you had intimidation. Uh, you had uh, a, 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 a bottle of liquor and a, and a pork chop sandwich. Everything done illegal. It's not, and, it's not, and it's not illegal. It's immoral. Yeah. But some of it is completely illegal. But when people talk about dirty politics, paying people, stuffing ballots, ballot harvesting, intimidation, robbery, oh, yeah. And the Democratic Party does it, and, and there's nobody down there to stop them. The Republican Party does not exist in those areas. Right. They don't exist. There's nobody down there to give an option or to make sure that these elections are run right. There are some precincts in America. I'm telling you the truth. When you check on election day, you check. Well, 100% of the people are saying you're voting for the Democratic Party. 100%. The precincts in Baltimore and in Memphis, they go 100%. Now, you and I both know, no precinct except for a precinct in South Korea goes 100%. But these do. Yeah. And it's a shame. Philadelphia also. Philadelphia. So I, I yeah. want I want to play a few sound bites for you that I think show how patronizing major Democrat politicians tend to be when speaking to black audiences. I want to start off with then Vice President Biden's remarks to a mostly black audience about then Republican presidential candidate Mitt Romney in 2012, and it went something like this, and, and, and get your reaction here. Look at what they value and look at their budget and what they're proposing. Romney wants to let the, he said in the first 100 days, he's going to let the big banks once again write their own rules. Unchain Wall Street. They're going to put you all back in chains. Now, when, when you hear that, when you hear that, what do you think? Well, you know, Joe, Joe Biden, yes, he, you know, and he, he sees himself as a, as, a, as a plantation owner. Joe Biden always has. And he's always talking down to uh, black people. And this is why inside of my documentary, I make it plain that white conservatives is not, uh, are not the problem of the black community. Uh, white conservatives and, and black uh, uh, and black conservatives kind of think the same way, and black people are conservative also. The problem has always been white liberals and white Democrats, um, and their job is to divide, divide black and white Christians. Jesus' last prayer before he went to the cross was for, us, for the prayer of unity and for us not to be divided. And we have allowed these these liberals who do not believe in God yeah. to come in and whisper in our ear and tell us to hate one another. And they are winning, and Joe Biden is one of these. So he goes in and makes these inflammatory statements. But what we've done, and I am not a victim because I'm a Christian. I cannot be a victim. I cannot be oppressed. So I can't say it's Joe Biden's problem. I say it's our fault for allowing them to do it. And we, and we have to stop fighting back and talking back to these people because he who is silent is believed to consent. 
So Biden goes in there, and you have places like Chicago and Memphis that are just Mad Max towns now. Oh, yeah. But the Republicans are nowhere to be seen. The conservatives are nowhere to be seen. The churches are nowhere to be seen. And these people are left to their own devices. We used to even send missionaries into the darkest places of Africa. Sure. To go talk to the natives. We won't even send them across MLK Boulevard now to go talk to the people in our own cities. Yeah. And this is why they're winning. They've convinced Christians to stay out. And when the Christians stay out, the devil comes in. And then these people are looking out at us living our good lives, raising our children well, not riding nice, driving nice cars and eating well. And they're there living in these ghettos. And then you have the Democrats coming and telling us, see, look at them. They're the reason for your problem. They're the cause. And we're not there to say that's bull crap. Yeah. Now, we're I- not there to, to, to explain what's really going on to them. And they have to accept their explanation because they do not hear the alternative. Abraham Lincoln even said in his Cooper Union speech in 1858, he said, he told you talking to the slave owners in the South. He said, the only, the only thing that your, he said that your slaves would not know that a, that a Republican party existed except for the lies that you tell about us in their presence. And the same thing happens today. The, the black Democrats wouldn't even know the Democrat party, the Republican party existed except for the lies that the Democrats tell about us in their presence. But we're not there to counter it, and so it continues. So that's what we have to do. We have to do a better job of more than countering their lives. Amen. Now, I, I do think uh, there's a little bit of bright spot in that in the 2020 election, Donald Trump ha- had a better percentage of black voters and Hispanic voters than any Republican presidential nominee since Richard Nixon in 1960. So, you know, because... Trump was one of the first Republican uh, presidential candidates in a long time to go to a place like Harlem and say, hey, what do you got to lose? Why not, why not give me a shot? And some people took him up on it, right? Yeah, uh, Trump, Trump was good at doing that. But uh, also we got to start dealing with our, our, our middle-class whites who are independent, who believe that there's some type of um, severability in their vote and their walk with God. We, 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 we have our Catholic community who's supposed to be pro-life, supposed to be uh, anti-LGBTQ and all this stuff, who are voting for the Democrat Party, yeah. who believe um, what the Democrat Party has told them, and that is that there's some type of severability between their vote and their actual person, that their vote is not their actual person, and that's a lie. Romans 14 and 12 says you will stand in front of God and be held accountable for your life. That's what it says. And so people that think that they can do this and not repent are putting their souls in jeopardy. And that's what I have to make sure they understand. When you have people, 75% of which white people say they're Christian in America, 85% of black people say they're Christian in America, and these people are voting for an anti-Christian, atheist, uh, um, uh, evil institution, you know, and don't think they're going to be held responsible for it, you ought to ask a Nazi and see if you're not going to be held responsible for it. You cannot vote. To murder children, you cannot vote to 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 sexually groom children and rape children. You cannot vote to mutilate the bodies of children. You can't vote to disarm people in war zones and allow drugs across the border, to allow sex trafficking across the border, to trap children in failing schools, knowing that this, these schools are not going to teach them to read, and not think they're going to be held, uh, uh, held responsible for it. And this is what we have to be home, brother. We have to let these Christians know that you are putting your souls in jeopardy 
by backing up this evil institution, this slaughterhouse yep. called the Democrat Party. Now, how many people, how many people, though, who are registered Democrat and vote Democrat, if they heard you saying these words would go, I've never heard this before. I have no idea what you're talking about. Because people don't pay attention. They have lives, and they don't pay attention. Is that part of the problem? Yeah, there's a lot of noise out there now, as you know. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of podcasts. We have a lot of, 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 of channels to watch on TV when you and I were younger. Sure. You know, you had three, four channels on television, and we all kind of became a nation watching the same thing. You right. Know, Elvis, watched, Elvis was on the Ed Sullivan, and what, 65 million people saw it? <laughs> yeah. The Beatles was on the Ed Sullivan, almost 100 million saw it. Sure. I mean, you can't get a million, 100 million people watching nothing now but the Super Bowl. Right. Um, so we, 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 you know, people have a lot to take their attention away from them, but we all have this basic belief in God. And I'm going to tell you something, brother. People are looking, and they're thirsty. My documentary is doing great. My books have become bestsellers. The average, my first book, The Iron Triangle, was self-published. The average self-publishing book sells 300 copies in its lifetime. The average. The Iron Triangle on its own is sold close to 100,000 copies. Wow. And people said that what happened here was, was, was impossible. And, what, and so what happened after Iron Triangle, Simon & Schuster called. And, and David Limbaugh is my um, uh, uh, agent, and he, he called me up and said, this, uh, Simon & Schuster wants to talk to you. And then I did 25 lives. 25 lives is close to 100,000 now. Wow. And the average, the average um, uh, um, uh, 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 book that, 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 is, that is published by one of these big publishing houses it does about 3,000 in its lifetime. I've done close to 100,000 on this one. Now I've got another book coming out in October. It's called Crime, Inc., and it's going to do the same thing. Why? Why are my books doing so well? Because I am telling the truth. I'm hitting a chord with people, and people are thirsty for the truth. This documentary is doing great. They, I, you, you, if you Google the question, how much money do you make on documentaries, they'll say you don't make any. You lose money. Yeah. I, don't, I ain't losing money. I'm making tens of thousands of dollars a, a, a week on this documentary. Why? Because people want to hear the truth. Amen. And Amen. it's going to spread and it's going to get bigger because I am telling the truth. If you are a Christian, you cannot be oppressed. They won't have me on CNN. You know why? Because when they start talking about oppression in the black community, I'm going to say, I am a child of God. I'm an heir of Jesus Christ. Amen. I cannot be oppressed. Amen. If you want to, if, if 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 there's a white man out there that thinks he that think he can't oppress me, show him to me. We'll put it to the test. I cannot be oppressed. Now, if you're a Christian and you're an heir of Jesus Christ, black man, tell me how you can be oppressed. Take out, take as much time as you need. Amen. He can't but, say a word. But, he can't say a word. But before we run out of time, I already won the argument. Amen. Just based on that one line. Amen. See, this is why they don't. That's what. This is why. After 100,000 views on YouTube, YouTube censored my trailer from Will You Go to Hell to Me. Wow. You're going to have to go to rumble.com to watch the trailer. Oh, yeah. Or go to Will You Go to Hell for Me.com to watch the trailer. Because YouTube censored it because that was, and it's no profanity. There's no call to violence. There's no nudity. Yeah. There's no blood. Right. But they censored it because the Democrats down at YouTube didn't like it because I was telling the truth. Oh, yeah. It's got over 4 million views on TikTok. Wow. TikTok, let well, it go. Look, before yes. before we run out of time, I want to play a couple more sound bites here. Uh, we got uh, Joe Biden running for president in 2020 doing an interview with a DJ, 
uh, in New York City, uh, radio station guy who calls himself Charlemagne. That's not what his mama called him, but that's what he called himself. Uh, that mm-hmm. caters to a predominantly, uh, black audience. And here is just a little back and forth. It's less than 10 seconds long. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Okay. But then James Clyburn, a man that you know, a black Democrat congressman from South Carolina, decides that's my guy, even though all these racist statements, no, no, y'all need to vote for him. That's my guy. What does that tell you? Jim's always been that way. Jim uh, has, has, has made his, his money his whole life by, by being a sellout to the black community. All you have to do is, again, uh, how do you know a false prophet? You look at uh, his fruits. Jim Clyburn's district is worse off now than it was when he became a congressman 32 years ago. It's poorer. It's, 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 it's more crime-ridden. The, the education system is worse. But he was promoted in the Democrat Party. Why? Because he kept his district and the black community voting for the Democrat Party. He kept them on the plantation. This is his job. That's always the job of a house Negro. Keep your people on the plantation. Yeah. And again, the job of us, the, the, our job as Christians, talking to our brothers and sisters, is to help free them. You are free. Amen. If you believe Amen. in Jesus Christ, he said, I have set you free. He Amen. The son is free. It's free indeed. Free I'm indeed. you peace. So all these black preachers going there talking about you're oppressed, that you're not free. They're liars. They're apostates, and they're the front to God because they're against everything Jesus Christ said. He said, "My peace I leave with you." And they're marching, saying, "No justice, no peace." Martin, 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 Martin Luther King doing his "I Have a Dream" speech said a hundred years after the Emancipation Proclamation, the Negro is still not free. That is a lie. I was born free. My freedom, according to Thomas Jefferson and John Locke, was the gift given me from God. Amen. It is irrevocable, non-transferable, and it's unsellable. Yet he told the black community that they were not free. In the 20 years before the Civil Rights Movement, we had cut our poverty rate from, 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 from 80% to 30%. With no affirmative action, no welfare. After the Civil Rights Movement started, we flatlined. And we have yep. not decreased our, and we have not had any narrowing in the wealth gap since then. And that's, Why? And that's, because they told us we were victims. That's by design. I know you got to run. I want to squeeze more, one more question in here. We're speaking with Vince Ellison. New documentary is called Will You Go to Hell for Me? Uh, we mentioned earlier that you were the Republican nominee to run for the U.S. House to represent 6th District from South Carolina in the year 2000. And now James Clyburn's uh, uh, name has come up in this conversation. For my listeners, that vacation every 10 years when the latest census is released by the federal government, legislatures in each of the 50 states get to redesign their U.S. US House districts. South Carolina is one of those states that's decided that they design one of those districts to be heavily Democrat it should be much easier to elect Republicans in the other districts. So the district you ran in, James Clyburn was the incumbent. He's now had that seat for 30 years. On the other hand, Senator Tim Scott was a U.S. representative from South Carolina before he served in the Senate. Senator Scott is a black man, of course, who was elected to the House in an overwhelmingly white district. Uh, you ran an overwhelmingly black district. Do you think you would have had a better chance of being elected had you run in a district like the one Tim Scott ran in. Oh yeah, um, white white conservatives vote on the issues, um, but black 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 people still vote on the party. They don't even vote on the issues. You could be a conservative Democrat and they'll vote for you. 
You can be a liberal Democrat in that portfolio. You can be a dead Democrat, which is true. And 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 they're both for yeah, they 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 vote for they both vote for a couple of dead Democrats in in the elections in two thousand and twenty two, yeah. Two they're both the dead Democrats, sure did. So, you know, it doesn't matter as long as you are a Democrat. Uh, but when, when when you start dealing with with conservatives, conservatives will look at the issue, and if you are a and if you are and you've seen a lot of Republicans kicked out because too liberal, and they will let them know they will run them out of those districts very quickly. But when it comes down to to black people, and this comes and this goes back to a cognitive dissonance, a Stockholm syndrome from slavery, when we always wanted to to follow the example of our masters, see. Contrary to rumor, black black people do do not hate white people. They fought to integrate with them. They fought to go to the same schools with them. Yeah. They fought to sit on a toilet beside them. And they were all white Democrats. And you know then once they got the chance to vote, they were going to vote for them. And they did. They've always been like Darth Vader. I must obey my master. Yeah. You do not know the power of the dark side. And even as a and even as this leadership is screaming about White Republicans, they hate white Republicans, but they love white Democrats, and they always have. During the Civil War, the slaves didn't fight for their freedom. The Union Army came down with three black men and freed them. And then what did the slaves do after about 500,000 deaths and a trillion dollars in spending to free them? They walked right back on the plantation again. They stayed for another 100 years and never left. They're still on it. You wow. have to free your mind. Yes. And unless you free your mind, and you free your mind by accepting Jesus Christ and understanding that you are free, that you are not under the, the yoke of anyone, that you decide your own way. You love everybody. and But if somebody put their hands on you or try to harm you or your family, I got two things to get you off me. That's Jesus and my 38. You better not try me. <laughs> All right. Uh, Vince Ellison, the, the website is willyougotohellforme.com. Also, the other website is vinceellison.com. Uh, what a blessing it's been. What, what, a, what a joy to speak with you today, brother. And uh, we certainly hope to have you back on when your book, the latest book comes out here in, in a few months. Is there anything, any, are there any parting words you want to leave with my uh, listeners today? I just want you to know that God is in control. God is in charge. Everything will be fine. We already know that we have the victory. So forget the chaos. Forget everything that's going on around you. You keep your eye on the prize. Help everybody that want to be helped. But people that don't want to be helped cannot be helped. Jesus can help them. And we can't help a person or a skeptic that wants to fight, argue, and try to destroy. Christ told us to shake out, shake the dust off of our feet. And don't worry about them. He'll deal with them. Amen. So we go forward. We help those that want to be helped. And, and for those that don't want help, let's pray for them and keep going forward. Amen. God bless you all. All right, Brother Vince Ellison, God bless you too. Uh, appreciate you so much. And as we say here in the South, y'all come see us. All right, man. Love you now. Take care. God bless you too. Thank you. Wow. That was strong. I ain't going to lie, fam. That was strong. Look, coming up, coming up, I have some stories that the media doesn't want you to know about. We've been hearing a lot about Tucker Carlson getting fired, been hearing a lot about the Ray Epps 60 Minutes uh, interview, and I plan to do an episode about 
these two stories soon. But in the meantime, coming up, I have some other stories they just don't want you to know about, and that's coming right up. Well, if you try to buy a car recently, you realize you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online. They'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto Group has perfected the online buying process. Just go to redriverauto.com and pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase your vehicle online. If you have any questions, one of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door. No matter where you live in the continental U.S., RedRiverAuto.com, you will be glad you did. Now, I want to tell you the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, migraines, the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you even if you don't live in Arkansas. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. Now, I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life, had migraines year-round. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away, the migraines went away, and they haven't come back. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, dizziness, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, migraines, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Cervical Center, 501-279-2009 for free consultation. They've helped me, helped my wife, they've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation, 501-279-2009. If you're outside Central Arkansas, just go to their website, turnmypoweron.com. Click on the tab that says, Find a doctor near you, and I sure hope you can. As you probably know by now, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their life. And he's done it again. Introducing MyPillow 2.0. MyPillow 2.0 has a brand new temperature-regulating technology that keeps you comfortable throughout the night. MyPillow 2.0's new fabric dissipates heat and humidity to create a cooling sensation to maintain a cooler surface temperature. This new fabric technology helps regulate your body temperature throughout the night by creating a lower surface temperature for more restful night's sleep. You know, your core body temperature plays a big role in how well you sleep. MyPillow 2.0 was developed to provide a cool surface. It's engineered for comfort. MyPillow 2.0 is available in four loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and there's a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. 
As a special introductory offer for my listeners, when you buy your new MyPillow 2.0, you get a second one free just by using promo code DWS. Now, Mike also created the best bed sheets ever. They look great, they feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. My wife and I just love sleeping on our Giza Dream sheets. Now, Mike is offering the best deal on his Giza Dream sheets. Buy a set of Giza sheets, get one free. The first night you sleep on these sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. Buy a set of Giza sheets, get one free, just by using promo code DWS. My pillow also has blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles like plush, waffle, or gossamer. Get huge discounts on blankets, duvets, quilts, down comforters, and so much more. Use that promo code DWS, and you'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding, including MyPillow 2.0 and Giza Dream Sheets. Buy one, get one free. And the My Slippers Moccasins. I had no idea slippers could feel this good. Right now, save big on my slippers, slip-ons, and moccasins. Closeout sale price is just $25 by using promo code DWS. Not only that, Mike's having the biggest closeout sale ever on his sandals for just $19.98. What makes my slippers different is Mike's exclusive four-layer design you're not going to find in any other slippers. My slippers' patented layers make them ultra-comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere. Just use promo code DWS. And remember, that doesn't stand for Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the Washington Democrat politician. No, no, no. That stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices, so please order now. Just use promo code DWS. All right, now, I want to tell you about some of the things that are going on that you're not hearing about in the mainstream media. Did you hear what Dementia Joe Biden said just yesterday in the Rose Garden outside the White House in front of the podium with the presidential seal? Here he is. Rebecca put a teacher's creed into words when she said, there's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. You got that? He's saying you, mom and dad, your children don't belong to you. They belong to him. I wonder how many Democrats realize that. We had Brother Vince Ellison on earlier in the show talking about the disconnect. I wonder how many Democrat parents would agree with what he just said. I'll bet you one thing. I'll bet you the NBC Nightly News, ABC World News Tonight, and CBS Evening News, I'll bet you none of them had that video clip on the Evening News Monday night. I'll bet not a one of them covered that. And I don't know if you're just hearing it for the first time. But what I did know is it's my duty to share it with you. Now, you remember Miranda Devine? Miranda Devine is the reporter from the New York Post that broke the story back in October 2020 about the Hunter Biden laptop. The story that 
51 former Intel officials went out there and lied about it being having all the classic marks of Russian disinformation. She got a new story. Hunter Biden may be living in the White House to evade legal papers from his baby mama. Did you hear about this? Hunter Biden is believed to be hiding out of the White House while the baby mama goes on the war path. Lawyers for former stripper. Now, wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. I've had her lawyer, Clint Lancaster, on my show. He said my client was never a stripper. She never worked at a strip club. So why does this continue to be in the media? Anyway, lawyers for London Roberts asked an Arkansas court Friday to jail the first son for failing to fork over his financial records as required in her lawsuit over support payments for their four-year-old unacknowledged daughter. Roberts claims 53-year-old Hunter Biden is flaunting the dignity and authority of the court by failing to provide one single item or word of discovery and says this court should incarcerate the defendant in the Cleburne County Detention Center until he complies with this court's orders. 32-year-old London Roberts had to get a court-ordered paternity test to prove her daughter actually was Hunter's. I don't know if anybody has reported anywhere how that happened, but we reported on this show. Last year, Hunter replied to have his monthly support payments reduced. London Roberts also has enlisted Biden nemesis Garrett Ziegler as an expert witness for the trial expected in July. Oh, that should be interesting. The 27-year-old former Trump advisor is founder of the nonprofit Marco Polo, which published a 644-page analysis of Hunter's infamous laptop last year, identifying hundreds of alleged crimes. Ziegler is being sued by Hunter's so-called sugar brother, wealthy Hollywood lawyer Kevin Morris, for alleged harassment and invasion of privacy. Morris generously paid off Hunter's $2.8 million IRS bill, which is part of a federal criminal investigation by the U.S. Attorney in Delaware, David Weiss, into the first son's overseas business dealings. Things were brought to a head last week when a career IRS criminal supervisory special agent who's been investigating Hunter for three years came forward with claims that federal prosecutors are preventing tax charges from being brought against the president's son. The whistleblower's attorney, Mark Lytle, alleged in a letter to Democrats and Republicans leading various congressional committees, preferential treatment of politics are improperly infecting decisions in the case. London Roberts' legal maneuvers in Arkansas lend way to the rumor in Washington, D.C. that Hunter has been living in the White House with his second wife, Melissa Cohen, and their three-year-old son, Bo, allegedly to avoid being served with legal papers. Numerous sightings over the past six months lend credence to the idea with Hunter and his family spotted trailing his father and the First Lady into Marine One for weekends away to Delaware or Camp David or for longer vacations at the borrowed homes of billionaires. Last week, Hunter joined his father on a state visit to Ireland. Surrounded by his father's Secret Service detail and protected by his own agents, it's difficult for a process server to get to him. 
From early last year, an elaborate swing set suitable for a toddler was spotted on the White House grounds when the president ambled back to his office from Marine One. Hey, she's calling a president. I'm not, okay? Just want to make a distinction there. There also may be other Biden family members shacked up in the White House on the taxpayer dime. New York Times reported in November when 28-year-old Naomi Biden, Hunter's eldest daughter with ex-wife Kathleen Buell, and husband Peter Neal were married on the South Lawn that the couple live at the White House, according to two people familiar with their living situation. The executive residence of the White House has 16 guest bedrooms, 35 bathrooms on the second and third floors, as well as a private guest kitchen. The family also can avail themselves of an in-house gym, bowling alley, and private cinema. There's plenty of room for the entire Biden clan, including the 12 immediate family members claimed by House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer, Republican Kentucky this week, to be profiting from foreign influence peddling. I mean, it just gets worse. Having perused hundreds of new financial documents, Comer on Sunday said there may be another three family members on top of the nine he identified the week before, including Hunter, Uncle Jim Biden, and sister-in-law and former lover Hallie Biden. Comer told Fox News' Maria Bartiromo, I haven't found any legitimate business dealings on the Bidens on the Biden end unless you count influence peddling. He said, if you want to get to a legal term, that's called being a foreign agent. They weren't registered as a foreign agent. I'm sure the ethics laws would prevent immediate family members of high-ranking government officials from being foreign agents. Either way, this is bad. There are more laws that appear to me that have been broken than just tax evasion, and there are a lot more Bidens involved than just the president's son and his brother. Well, that's weird because I'm old enough to remember last week when John Roberts said that Representative Comer hadn't come up with any evidence of any laws being broken. And that's strange. But... I digress. Hunter's lawyers reportedly are scheduled to meet Delaware U.S. Attorney Weiss sometime this week over potential charges in the five-year criminal investigation into his foreign business dealings. Comer says the DOJ is in a pickle here, especially now with the IRS whistleblower. He said there's no rhyme or reason why Hunter Biden shouldn't have been indicted years ago. But one of the challenges for the DOJ is what do you do with this many family members of the president? There's not going to be anybody left for a Christmas picture. The DOJ did their job and went and indicted anyone who has any type of fingerprints involved in this influence-peddling scheme. I mean, it's the entire family. Comer also foreshadowed an upcoming press conference on six specific decisions Joe Biden made, either as vice president or president, that are very concerning to us that we believe could potentially lead back to payments that were laundered down to the Biden family members. He also said, there's no explanation for this family to receive this many suspicious wires from our adversaries around the world. If Joe Biden weren't directly involved in some type of decision-making, because I'm confident that these people who were wiring the Bidens were expecting to get a return on their investment, and there isn't a single one of those family members that had the ability to do anything to influence foreign policy other than the big guy, Joe Biden. Comer saved his harshest words for the president 
over perceived soft treatment of China. Again, that's what she's calling him, not what I'm calling him. Comer said, China continues to steal our intellectual property. They continue to manipulate our currency. They continue to buy companies around the world that are a problem from a national security standpoint, and yet this president does nothing about China. It makes you wonder if he is, in fact, compromised because of the millions of dollars his family has already taken from the Chinese Communist Party. While Democrats and enabling media continue to disparage the past week's bombshell revelations, as Comer says, the walls are closing in on the Biden family, even though those walls are in the heavily guarded White House. But see, here's a problem. You see all these people on social media saying, what are you going to do about it? We're tired of all the talk. We want to see action. I'm like, well, what, what specifically do you want them to do? I mean, can members of Congress prosecute people? The Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, serves at the pleasure of Joe Biden. I know, I know people don't understand how anything works. Congress can force Merrick Garland to do his job? I don't think so. So Daniel Greenfield over at Jihad Watch has web, uh, has a new article entitled All the President's Islamists. Got a big group picture here. He says, in 2014, Abdullah Hassan was a recipient of an Islamic scholarship fund from the Council on American-Islamic Relations. He went on to defend BDS for the ACLU. Now, BDS is this campaign to bankrupt Israel in the hopes that the Palestinians can drive the Jews into the sea. But now he's an assistant press secretary of the White House. CARE, Council on American Islamic Relations, C-A-I-R, is an Islamist organization that was named as an unindicted co-conspirator in one of the largest terror financing trials in the history of this country. Its founders were linked to Hamas and the Muslim Brotherhood, and it has opposed efforts to protect the United States against Islamic terrorism. Co-founder of CARE, Omar Ahmad, had declared Islam isn't in America to be equal to any other faith, but to become dominant. While Hassan received his scholarship 2014-2015, the Islamic Scholarship Fund's board members included Hatem Bazian, one of the country's most notorious Islamic bigots, the co-founder of Students for Justice in Palestine, and alleged supporter of Hamas, who has spent decades trafficking in anti-Semitism. Hassan's fellow scholarship recipients included Salma Rizvi, a former fellow at Al-Haq, a BDS group listed by Israel as a terrorist organization over its connections to terrorist organizations. Al-Haq's general director is allegedly a key terrorist leader in the PFLP. PFLP stands for Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine. Despite this background, Rizvi got an intelligence position and the Obama administration produced materials that went into the president's daily brief. After leaving the administration, she bailed out her best friend, Uruj Rahman, who had been accused of throwing Molotov cocktails at a police car. After conducting research around primary Islamic texts and within a post-9-11 surveillance culture, Hassan went into activism opposing anti-BDS measures on behalf of the ACLU in an op-ed 
co-written by Hassan, he defended law, what he called lawful boycotts of Israel and claimed that opposition to BDS was a loyalty test. 2019, Hassan ranted that Islamophobia is rampant even in our highest democratic institutions like the Supreme Court. Now, he represents the Biden administration as one of its press secretaries. Abdullah Hassan is one of a record number of over 100 Muslim staffers in the Biden administration. The growth has been especially astonishing considering the mosaic. An association of Muslim federal employees could only gather 110 personnel for its second iftar meeting in 2016, and there are now almost as many aligned Muslims just within the Biden administration. Kamala Harris commemorated Ramadan by posing with most of them on the steps of the Eisenhower Executive Office Building and described them as, quote, our administration's incredible Muslim team, unquote. Biden's incredible Muslim team includes men and women whom we have already profiled like Mahir Bitar, a former executive board member of Hatem Bazian Students for Justice in Palestine and anti-Israel BDS activist who became Biden's senior director for intelligence, the National Security Council. Rima Doden, Biden's first Palestinian staffer who had defended suicide bombings. And Mazen Basrawi, Biden's new Muslim liaison, who attended a conference honoring one of the unindicted co-conspirators of the World Trade Center bombing from 93. But there are many others who have not been fully investigated or profiled. And it just goes on and on and on. I, I didn't know if you knew, but Biden is very chummy with Islamic jihadists. Now, that's something that the mainstream media is not going to tell you about. Uh, for that matter, that's something I'm pretty sure Fox News isn't going to tell you about either. Not anymore, right? I mean, we all saw what they did to Tucker, right? I plan to talk about what they did to Tucker and also CBS News 60 Minutes whitewash of Ray Epps coming up soon. I mean, we we can't just let this go, can we? So stay tuned for that. All right, I don't know if you heard, but AT&T recently lost billions of dollars in Wall Street after their satellite outfit, DirecTV, decided to delete Newsmax. If you want to drop AT&T or any of the big liberal cell phone carriers, I have the perfect solution for you. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, man, switching my uh, cell phone carrier, that'd be too complicated, too time-consuming. Look, it usually only takes 15 or 20 minutes, so don't worry about it. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. And Patriot Mobile guarantees your coverage. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes as well as multi-line users. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. 
When you become a Patreon Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. So, you want to save money? I'm saving money since I switched to Patreon Mobile. Switching is easy. Just do what I did. Go to PatreonMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. Now, you know, the great Ronald Reagan once said, inflation is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Have you thought about the benefits of investing in precious metals? Here are five profound benefits. Number one, investing in precious metals is a hedge against inflation. Number two, it's a great way to diversify your portfolio. Number three, asset liquidity. Number four, precious metals tend to be a store of value. That means precious metals are an asset, commodity, or currency that maintain their value without depreciating over the long haul. And last but not least, number five, Precious metals can be a hedge against geopolitical uncertainty and the struggling U.S. dollar. So we're honored to join forces with Beverly Hills Precious Metals and its owner, Andrew Sorcini. Andrew has been involved in gold and silver for over 40 years. Andrew Sorcini and his team of Beverly Hills Precious Metals know the gold and silver business inside and out. After many years in the markets and collecting precious metals privately, Andrew Sorcini opened Beverly Hills Precious Metals in 2010 to bring precious metals to the homes of everyday American citizens. Now, we found out about Andrew Sorcini and Beverly Hills Precious Metals from General Mike Flynn, and we're glad we did. Andrew is a frequent guest on conservative podcasts. Beverly Hills Precious Metals is our gold buyer of choice. To learn more about Andrew and his team, go to bh-pm.com. The BH stands for Beverly Hills. The PM stands for Precious Metals bh-pm.com. Now, if you can't remember that, just Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals. No matter what search engine you use, it's the first thing that comes up. Make sure you ask about the General Mike Flynn Silver Coin and let them know Doc Washburn sent you. We're honored to be able to tell you about Beverly Hills Precious Metals in an effort to help you in your attempts to protect your family's finances, wealth, and investments. bh-pm.com. Or just Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals and tell them Doc Washburn sent you. All right, it's that time. Hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by Red River Auto. Red River Auto, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom, to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. Today's tweet of the day is from a Twitter profile called West Coast Politics. It says, Mark Robinson launches his North Carolina governor campaign with a new ad. It comes in two parts. I'm going to play both parts for you. Mark Robinson is a gentleman who stood up a few years ago at a city council meeting, I believe in Greensboro, North Carolina, to explain 
that as an African-American, he was upset with gun control advocates who didn't want him and people who look like him to be able to protect and defend themselves. Somehow, by the grace of God, he used that as a foundation, as a platform to run for lieutenant governor, which he won. And now he's running for governor, and it sounds something like this. My mom took her fifth grade education and walked across the street and got a job at a university. She cleaned up after other people's children to provide for her own. She told me to dream. She told me with faith and hard work, I could achieve anything. She was so right. Stand before you today as the first black lieutenant governor of North Carolina. Served in the military. I've worked in furniture plants. I've been a general manager for a restaurant chain. And I own a small business with my wife. As a factory worker, I made good money. Until NAFTA hit. I lost my job not once but twice. My wife and I faced these tough times as we worked to raise a young family with two wonderful children. Like so many of you, we know the gnawing feeling you get from worrying about money. How it keeps you up at night as your children sleep. I've lost my car, my home, and was forced into bankruptcy. Like you, I don't need a politician to tell me what to be worried about. It's obvious. We know the price of gas and groceries and child care is outrageous. We know too many children can't read on a grade level. That they've been failed by an education bureaucracy. That's leaving them unprepared for life once they graduate. And sadly, we know our teachers aren't respected and aren't treated or paid as the professionals that they are. We know the shuttered factories like the ones I've worked for have left scars all over the small towns of North Carolina. We also know that our police departments are struggling, that they can't fill their ranks because we are demonizing the men and women in blue. North Carolina doesn't need more slick politicians who use work boots and Carhartt jackets as props in TV ads. They're just pretending to be one of us. All right. Now we have part two. Mark Robinson's new ad announcing he is running for governor of the state of North Carolina. You see, it doesn't take an Ivy League education to understand the problems we're facing. What it takes is somebody with a backbone and a vision who cares about serving instead of climbing the political ladder. I'm running for governor because we deserve to be represented by someone who's actually lived like us. Someone who wants to serve, not rule. I don't care about the zip code you live in, the size of your paycheck, whether you're black, white, straight, or gay. None of those things should determine your future or your child's future. No one should have to choose between paying for medicine or making a trip to the grocery store. And our streets should be safe, and so should our schools. These issues shouldn't be Republican or Democrat issues. They should be the issues that transcend the gridlock of our capital. History teaches us anything. It's that Americans don't run from trouble. We run towards it. Now it's our time to stand up and make history. So the kids who grew up in uncertainty like I did, that they have a chance to succeed, 
And then they know that they live in North Carolina, a state where anything is possible. Someday you and I will be gone. And I don't want my family to see a picture of me and wonder why I didn't fight for them. I want my children and grandchildren to know that I did everything I could. That's what I'm fighting for. And that's why I'm running for governor. Will you join me? And that's how it's done. Mark Robinson running for governor of the great state of North Carolina, the Tar Heel State. Thanking Mitch Ward and the crew at Red River Auto for sponsoring today's Tweets of the Day. You've been listening to Episode 375 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. If you have any questions for us, email us, contact at docwashburnshow.com. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X, Senior Vice President, Engineering, IT, and Interoperability for the Doc Washburn Show. And that's the way it is, Tuesday, April 25th, 2023.